welcome. You're watching Medically Speaking and I am Minakshi Uprethi. Now, the COVID-19 pandemic has been an exceptionally difficult time, not just for you or for me, but for those who belong to the medical fraternity, including radiologists. Now, why are we talking today about radiologists? We are talking about that, interestingly, in the context of an innovation. Taking Make in India much beyond lip service is a team of AIMS and IIT who have collaborated to reduce the contact between radiologists and anyone possibly who is affected, infected by COVID-19. They have developed a remote ultrasound machine, a robotic arm. What is it about how it could really revolutionize uh, the healthcare in the country? We will be talking about all that and more with a team of experts, the brains behind this product. I'm being joined uh, by Dr. Chandrasekhar. He's an additional professor, radiology at the Elite Ames Institute. I also have Dr. Chetan Arora, Associate Professor, Computer Science and Engineering at IIT Delhi. Uh, Dr. Kritika Rangarajan, she's an Assistant Professor, Radiology also at Ames. Dr. Sabir Kumar Saha, he is a Professor of Mechanical Engineering at IIT Delhi. Uh, then I also have Deepak Raina, a PhD scholar from IIT Delhi. And one uh, I forgot to mention is also Adverb Technologies, who's also in this collaboration. Uh, we have Subayan Nandi, Senior Manager at Adverb Technologies from Noida. Welcome, all of you. And thank you for taking out the time to speak to NewsX. I'm going to start uh, with Dr. Chandrasekhar. Dr. Chandrasekhar, my first question. Everyone, of course, is curious. They want to understand what is this ultrasound robotic arm? First of all, um, break it down for the layman, for those watching the show. What is the product, first of all, which you all have developed? Well, uh, ultrasound, as you know, is a very uh, routinely used modality. It is a fast, accurate, and uh, use the diagnosis immediately. It is one of the most commonly used modality when you, in the emergency hours. While doing the ultrasound, the doctor stands in close contact for a longer duration with the patient, which was of a less pro uh, problem until this COVID-19 pandemic hit the world. We realized that close proximity of the patient, patients with the healthcare workers tend to increase the chance of infection to the healthcare workers. Then we approached IIT Delhi to explore uh, the possibility of the robotic system that could help us conduct this uh, uh, ultrasound remotely. So that what, what we can do is radialized will be sitting quite distant from the patient and we will control the robotic arm, which is placed just next to the patient and probe will be connected to the uh, robotic arm and the images will be uh, transferred live through the Wi-Fi so that we can interpret uh, at the same time. The number one, the advantage being the number one, the uh, lesser the human contact, lesser will be the uh, chance of cross-infection. And we'll be saving the lot of, lots of PPE kits as well. And if we can extrapolate the same concept to elsewhere, we can also uh, do the uh, tele-robotic ultrasound uh, quite distinctly. Hmm. These are the some of the... Uh, uh, All right, you uh, spoke about the advantages. You spoke about the genesis of the idea, which was going to be my next question. So why don't I take my first question to Dr. Chetan. Uh, Dr. Arora is... You know, as I said, could you break it down exactly uh, what this robotic arm is, how it functions, what is the different uh, distance between the radiologist and the patient, and if at all, um, it at all, uh, you know, affects the efficacy of the results or not? Dr. Arora? 
Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. Yes, please. <clears throat> yeah. So as Dr. Chandrasekhar was also mentioning, I mean, so one of the uh, the key requirement at this moment in the ultrasound is that the doctor has to stand by the side of the patient. Now, if you think of it, this requirement is basically arising because the doctor has to hold a probe uh, on the patient. Otherwise, I mean, the picture as such, I mean, it's easier to uh, transfer this picture through internet to another building, another room. So, so the picture or looking at the picture by itself does not require the doctor to stand. So the requirement is arising because the doctor has to stand uh, hold the probe and put a certain amount of pressure on the, uh, on the patient to, uh, to get the picture right. So what we have essentially done in this case is that this probe is now not being held by the doctor, but it is held by a, a robotic arm. Now, uh, there, is, uh, there is a doctor who is uh, standing in this case, a next room, I mean, which is safe distance from the COVID, but in future we can expand it to new building, uh, new city also. Uh, the idea is that the uh, the, devi the device, I mean, uh, the doctor has got a haptic device. I mean, that's what we call it. And the moment doctor uh, the moves this haptic device, the same uh, functionality, the same commands are being transferred to the robotic arm on the other, uh, on which is on the side of the patient. Now, the critical factor in this particular case is also the pressure feedback. I mean, there is one thing that a doctor is moving, uh, the probe, uh, which is by sitting in the other room. But the other important factor is that there has to be a certain amount of pressure that needs to be applied. I mean, if, if you uh, put a pressure which is, let's say, uh, beyond the patient's capability, then the patient will be hurt also. So that is what we try to do. So the, the, uh, the robotic arm has gotten haptic feedback inbuilt into it. So whatever the patient's body puts a pressure back on the arm, that pressure is transferred to the doctors, which is, again, is holding that haptic device. So the doctor feels the same pressure in his hand. Okay. So uh, an appropriate amount of pressure can be exerted through the robotic arm on the ultrasound probe and an appropriate image is captured. And this image is then uh, transferred to the doctor's screen. And uh, just like uh, you do a regular uh, diagnosis while looking at the screen and the image, the same way you can do it. So the key issue here is one, uh, uh, manipulating an arm while sitting in a distance. And the other is transferring this uh, pressure and force feedback both ways. So from patient to the doctor and doctor to the patient. Right. So, of course, uh, as far as a robotic arm is concerned, it's certainly, uh, as Dr. Chandrasekhar also told us, highly advantageous both to the patient and the radiologist increases the distance, while, of course, the results remain exactly the same. Dr. Kritika, do come in this conversation and tell us really what was the genesis of the idea? When did the research work on it start? Um, help us understand really the origin of the idea. So, um, like it was just mentioned, um, we thought of this primarily in the context of COVID. Although the thought has come to us several times in the past as well, um, in relation to distance ultrasound, particularly in a country like India, where a large amount of the population lives in rural setting, do not have access to healthcare. And as we were mentioning, uh, particularly for ultrasound, who does the ultrasound is a very important component. Like a CT and an MR is done by a technician and can be interpreted by an expert who does not need to be at the site, unlike an ultrasound which needs to be operated by an expert. Um, so so, so the, the genesis of the idea actually came from COVID, uh, not only to cut down the operator uh, exposure, but also because of the fact that inside COVID wards, often ultrasound is required. And usually a trained radiologist um, has a lot of other things to do. So they're usually in the department which is usually not inside the COVID ward. There's usually a central radiology department which has CT scans. Uh, and that's where a radiologist is usually positioned because they have CTs, particularly CT chests to look into. So what we realized is that every time there was a call from a COVID ward, there would have to be a radiologist who needs to change into a PPE kit 
go inside, perform the ultrasound and come back. And what this entailed uh, is that there was a long duration of a wait for the patient because you have to wait for the radiologist to finish off their CTs and then come. We were also consuming one PPE kit every time the radiologist goes in and comes out, which is a huge uh, sort of resource that uh, we're ending up wasting uh, as far as the uh, environment is concerned. There's a huge environmental burden um, when it comes to the PPE kits. So that was really the genesis of the idea. Um, and, and like you said, we are testing it clinically currently. So our first set of clinical tests were not actually performed on patients. These are just performed on normal individuals where we want to ensure that through extensive clinical tests, we will first ensure that there is no difference. Uh, I think you mentioned it very correctly. Uh, the first step is to ensure that there will be no difference at all between the kind of ultrasound and the kind of diagnosis that we can get um, from a handheld ultrasound probe or from a robotic ultrasound. All right. Um, and yes, sorry, please, please, please finish. No, no, please finish. So the only thing I want to say over here, also in addition, is that um, I, I think uh, credit to Adverb and IIT Delhi, um, I think the technology, when we saw the technology of, um, of, the, of the, the kind of uh, dexterity the arm provides us, it's hugely different from what was available previously. So although, I mean, I think the thought has come to us a lot of times previously when it comes to the rural setting, but when we actually saw the kind of dexterity that this robotic arm provides us, it gave us, it induced a lot of confidence in us uh, to go ahead and um, be able to develop an ultrasound device like this. All right, of course, all due credit uh, to the brains uh, behind it, uh, you all, and also, of course, uh, the collaboration with Adverb and IIT Delhi. Mr. Nandi, you know, tell us a little bit about uh, Adverb Technologies, what's the role you played, and, um, you know, how was the whole experience of building uh, this um, innovative uh, robotic arm? Yeah, so Adverb, I will just give you a brief of Adverb Technology. So Adverb Technology is a robotics and automation company. And we started in the year 2016. Uh, it was started by six people, and now uh, we have more than 500 employees. Okay. So, uh, how it started was when uh, Mr. Uh, SK Sahasar and Mr. Chetan uh, sir came to us with this idea of developing a telerobotic arm uh, in collaboration with AIMS. So, that time we took this opportunity to start the project under our CSR activity okay. so we yeah so basically we have donated this robot and we were responsible for developing the first prototype and uh, all the development and all the assembly was done in and all the manufacturing was done in our plant only. all right yeah. So, of course, um, as far as Adverb Technology is concerned, um, you made the first prototype, but um, Deepak Raina, what was your experience uh, working uh, for this project like? Um, you know, you're a PhD student, I'm sure. Uh, certainly, um, very exciting journey. Uh, also, we speak about Make in India. That's something the government has also been pushing. Uh, it's, uh, you all were really making uh, it possible, taking it beyond uh, lip service, isn't it? Yeah, I think it was an amazing experience, especially given the kind of uh, team that we have. Uh, we have a startup company, we have doctors from AIMS who were continuously giving us the feedback. And we have professors from IIT Delhi who were continuously giving us idea about how to add up 
innovations into the system and how to make this feasible whenever there are certain challenges. So this was a uh, quite interesting experience for me, as especially when I, I was a PhD student and it was also my research project. Uh, and there are many challenges that we faced into this project, especially when uh, a human is involved in the, into the environment of a robotic system, it becomes quite challenging to ensure the safety of a human as well. There are various components uh, that are merged into the system, uh, like uh, as Professor Chetan has mentioned, there is a force feedback. You need to ensure that there is a proper positioning and orientation of the probe uh, and the proper pressure is applied and that too in a remote setting. So. Uh, that 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 brings a more challenge into the system and i think uh, we accomplished it and uh, we got the quality of the system and the quality of the ultrasound imaging comparable to the conventional technique another challenge that doctor face into the system is uh, uh, get accustomed to the system like they are they are used to do it in a conventional setting but when you bring the robotic technology and robotic devices into their operation it becomes it becomes quite difficult for them to start with but with training they are able to get accustomed to the system so overall we overcome all the challenges and uh, we, we made this system operational and hopefully with more effort we will we will turn it into a clinical product and bring it into the market Right, of course, that's uh, something which everyone is uh, eagerly waiting for. Dr. Chandrasekhar, uh, Dr. Kritika also spoke about how the plan is to take it to rural areas. What's the next step, really? Uh, after uh, building this ultrasound robotic arm, what is now the next step or the next goal which you have in mind? Dr. Chandrasekhar? Well... Uh, we are at a stage where we have developed the prototype. We have conducted around uh, the trial on 20 volunteers. But there are some refinement and uh, adjustments and improvements are needed from the uh, technological point of view so that we can be used in the uh, over the patients. And if we can able to do uh, refine the technology, then maybe now next step is to uh, shift to the uh, shift the robotic system into aims at aims and conduct the uh, ultrasound examination over the patients. Next step is to uh, do the ultrasound quite away from the uh, our room. That is the wards are during emergency hours. Supposing a patient comes during emergency at night where uh, doctors uh, may not be available, uh, uh, of doctors may not be there, experts. There we can set up the robotic machine over there and we can interpret the images right uh, sitting at our home, maybe at our office. If we can, then further, we want to move right. this technology quite far away to the rural setup as well. Right, but Dr. Chetan, when we speak of, of course, moving this technology uh, to the rural setup, how feasible is it? Because um, one, uh, I believe uh, there are some, of course, as Dr. Chandrasekhar also said, modifications needed. Um, I don't think you all have applied for a patent uh, yet, have you? And what could be the eventual costing you're looking at? Because these practical aspects really would matter a lot when you want to translate uh, this into ground reality, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Uh, so as uh, Dr. Chandrasekhar also initiated this, this discussion, uh, so we, although we started it with the COVID, but the eventual aim is that this is a, let's say, multi-purpose technology and we can actually potentially apply it to rural areas, remote settings uh, also. Uh, so, for example, there have been uh, uh, enough uh, kind of cancers, for, for example, the oncology, where uh, quick detection or early detection of the cancer is uh, can actually uh, mean a lot of uh, 
mean a lot of thing for the patient's life. I mean, they should detect it early. You can start the treatment early and the patient can be saved. But uh, as Dr. Kritika was mentioning, uh, USD is one of the modality where the uh, the doctors, the expertise who is actually doing the, uh, the ultrasound is extremely important. So which means that with this uh, kind of a device, the tele-robotic device for the ultrasound, we can actually make the expert available in the rural areas. See, unlike in the X-ray kind of uh, technology where, uh, let's say... Uh, oh, I get that. But then a lot, as I said, would depend on the costing, right? When you speak of rural areas, yes. I mean, the amount of spending even by the government is less than a percent uh, when we speak of our healthcare budget as well. Um, people are also worried about if you want to take it to private labs, uh, what would be... I know that you're yet to figure out these modalities, but what's the, you know, a tentative uh, cost line which you are looking at, or is it a little far from that? See, we are a little far from that. You are right in that aspect. But uh, even then, I mean, I can uh, still assure you that the cost is going to be much lesser. So, for example, when we talk about the current surgical robots, uh, so the, the even the basic surgical robot will start from few crores, actually. I mean, even the double digits. In the yeah. Uh, on the other hand, the kind of cost that we're expecting for a uh, device like this or a robotic arm like this is actually a few lakhs. So although we are still to uh, uh, reach that stage where we can actually say that, okay, now this is commercial available and this will be the exact cost for it, but that's the order of the difference that we are looking at really in this case. So we are in, uh, aware about that, uh, uh, about the cost implication, and this is going to be a low cost device in that sense. That's well, that, that's of course good to hear, even with the tentative ballpark figure, as you said, the amount difference is huge. And finally, I'm glad I can see Dr. Saha also joining us in the conversation, sir. Uh, so we were, of course, talking about the challenges you all faced while making it. We've discussed the technology and now, of course, the costing. Tell us about really uh, the innovation in this. Um, it's a first of its kind in India. Is it happening elsewhere in the world? Could you shed some light on the same, sir? Yeah, thank you. Um, yes, uh, similar attempts have been made elsewhere in the world. And the main challenge is uh, what has been discussed for uh, earlier uh, uh, persons that uh, typically a robot, if you ask it to go from A to B, you know, it will go from A to B, what we call the position control. You know? And it will not bother if someone comes on the way. right? But here, first thing is you are uh, handling with a human being so if you ask to go from one part of the stomach to another part of the stomach uh, it, it will not bother you know if something comes on the way means your maybe uh, stomach is little you know up or down so it will hurt you basically that is one aspect of it the second aspect is to get a proper quality of the images what uh, we are talking about ultrasound images you no know? you have to have a, a appropriate force to be applied you know, on the body so what we call is the force control. So here the challenge is to be able to implement force and position together on the robot. So this is a commercial robot. So we had to understand uh, that how the control aspects are done. And that was you know, Deepak and Subayan or their teams uh, in Adverb, you know, they made it happen based on the theories, which has been uh, learned over the years you know, uh, in the literature. And Deepak as a PhD student has done that thing very well. All right. I'm, I'm, I, I'm sure one professor is very happy with you, Deepak, but uh, you know, you did make one point uh, about going the unconventional way. And Dr. Kritika, if you could come in here at this point of time, how difficult was it for doctors to, uh, or for radiologists, you know, to adapt to this? Of course, you were a part of the research. So I'm sure you were more open to trying out a new technology, but do you see other radiologists accepting um, you know, 
something new, something innovative, because an unconventional path is always difficult and convincing, of course, those who have been following a certain model for years to change their ways for the more difficult. Is it or is it not? Absolutely, Minakshi. I think that's a very, very good observation and a very good question looking forward. Uh, actually, when we started off, uh, to be very honest, we actually practiced this on pillows. So um, we didn't, I mean, you know, as doctors, we tend to be a little bit more resistant to um, sort of trying anything on even volunteers, although we had their consent, we had an ethical clearance for it. Um, but but we did soon realize that it required a reorientation of our minds. It required us to sort of uh, practice a little bit before we could actually go ahead and try and use it. Um, so, so we did, we had to actually train on pillows and you're absolutely right. It's not like everybody will have the same amount of passion in terms of adapting, particularly because uh, so India is a country where we have very, very few radiologists. So radiologists tend to be overburdened with whatever clinical work they already have. So to expect them to sort of adapt to a new setting is difficult. But uh, having said that, this is a problem with all robotic devices and all new technologies around the world. So for example, robotic surgery, every form of robotic surgery, the Da Vinci robot, for example, has a mandatory training period. So you cannot go ahead and use it without that mandatory training period. We will have to enforce something of that sort when we do sort of bring it into clinical practice. There will have to be such a mandatory training period. Having said that, again, radiology is one, um, one, one speciality which has always been at the forefront of development. It's literally just developed in the last 30 years. And so I'm sure people will be willing so, to. So there is a necessity of COVID-19, the pandemic and your personal safety, which certainly is going to be a driving factor. Uh, but Mr. Nandi, do come in here. So Dr. Saha uh, was talking about the challenges. Of course, I'm not someone who understands all the technology, uh, but it did look like that if there is a patient, and please feel free to correct me if I misunderstood this, if there is a patient and you're conducting an ultrasound, now a patient with a doctor, you know, the comfort level is I can tell my radiologist, okay, it hurts here, please move it here and there. But would that happen with a robotic arm? How do you plan to really, you know, merge this human aspect as well? Or how have you already done it if you have? Okay, so uh, the robot which we have has a four-stock sensor in it which can get the feedback that how much pressure is being applied on the patient. So we already keep it under check that it is uh, around less than 20 Newton so that it doesn't hurt the patient. And apart from that, as a part of what we call as a safety integrity level, SIM 3 we have maintained, where we have a foot pedal with the doctor and then we have a hand pedal with a hand uh, uh, emergency button with the patient. So whenever he feels any discomfort, Yes. Any one of them can disengage it and can stop the robot. Hmm. All right. So we have maintained that. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I'm going to give like the last word to Deepak and I'd want to end it at a positive note since, you know, you, you are the PhD student uh, who has joined us. Um, everyone talking about Make in India, you all have made it possible. Really any message or any takeaway which you'd like to share with people as we all sign off from this show today, Deepak? Yeah, so I think uh, as our uh, Prime Minister also keep mentioning that uh, COVID-like scenario also comes with a lot of opportunities. And I think our project is basically a good example of that, that how we made use of that opportunity and come up with a system which was actually, and to do, to do that, 
to do the study and do the development up to a level where we took where we also did the volunteer trials at the aims i think is definitely remarkable and i think uh, uh, we have we have done justice uh, to whatever opportunity has has been with us and well, i right. think we are so yeah I'm, i'm slightly running out of time i, I just i this is going to be my last question but again since you know it's really evoked my curiosity dr chandrashekar i want to ask you one very quick question uh, 20 volunteers um, if i am correct is who you have tried uh, this um, you know machine on um, are you looking really at bringing it um, at least to aims and to try it as you said on actual patients already has it already started if not when do you plan really what is the tentative timeline you're looking at sir well uh, the robot has been shifted to adverb currently to uh, uh, further modify and uh, do adjust some requirements okay. as soon as it is over maybe we will shift again to aims and do the trial it will soon start uh, over the patients ultimately our aim is to take the healthcare to the people instead of uh, people traveling from long distance to uh, us for a certain investigations basically we want to take this tele robotic technology to the people to the corner of the uh, somewhere in the rural area so that the uh, even the common people can access the world class uh, expert opinion All right. Thank you all for joining us. Certainly, a very innovative product. Need of the hour. It's going to reduce really the contact between radiologists uh, and the patients. Uh, certainly, it's going to help all of you all stay safe uh, during this pandemic. Thank you. It's been rather riveting and a very informative conversation. I hope you all viewers enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, of course, as we end, same message: stay home, stay safe. Thank you so much for watching.